1: One, welcome to Two Therapists and a Microphone. I am your, I'm going to say lonely host tonight, Dr. Asha Dickerson. Harrison Davis isn't with us today, but I'm sure he's out there watching somewhere. For those of you who aren't familiar with our show, Two Therapists and a Microphone is a show about mental health, relationships, and social issues that personally affect you. We broadcast live every Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. on the Our Black Media Network. Harrison and I are two licensed psychotherapists with decades of clinical experience, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear about situations and dilemmas that you're going through. You can send us your questions by commenting um, under our show on Facebook, our YouTube, or you can also send us questions in advance to www.twotherapist.com and click on Ask Two Therapists at the top of the page. So today's show... I brought uh, another therapist. She's she's not our regular second therapist, but I brought another therapist with me today because we're going to talk about sex therapy. It seems to be or have been more of a hot topic lately to uh, the lay people. And uh, we've had some shows in the past that has sex therapists as the guests, but they're really here talking about things other than sex therapy. So, um, I want to say that when I hear people talk about sex therapy, I'm starting to get the idea that there's some confusion. Like uh, maybe it's just a marriage and family therapist who coaches people through having sex. And so tonight we're going to talk about what it really is. Um, So I want to start by welcoming you all to our show and introducing our guest, Cheryl Walker. I'm going to give you a short bio, but we're going to touch more on what she does as we go through the show tonight. So Cheryl Walker is an actual sex therapist and licensed associate counselor. She's originally from Birmingham, Alabama, but currently resides in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm not talking about the suburbs. She lives in actual Atlanta. She received her BS in marketing from Hampton University and her master's in clinical mental health counseling from Argosy University in 2019. 19. She's been trained in EMDR and CBT and is currently, that's CBT, not CBD. I'll explain that to y'all later. <laughs> and she's currently pursuing sex therapy certification. She has worked to understand and correct misplaced beliefs about human sexuality. This has allowed her a comprehensive perspective on human sexuality, and she utilizes several mediums to reaffirm the beauty of human sexuality. She has also served as a member of sexual wellness and counseling and the American association of sexuality, educators, counselors, and therapists. She also has a group called hotel sex talk. Is it the group Cheryl? Okay. Hotel sex talk. That's a, an, an interesting title. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Cheryl Currently works in a private practice setting, enriching the lives of individuals who struggle with finding their sexual voice. So welcome to the show, Cheryl. I'm so excited to have you here with me tonight. Thank you for having me. I look forward to this evening. <laughs> so I want to start by having you give us, I guess, a broad definition of sex therapy. Like, what exactly is it? Do you give sex advice?
0: Uh, yes and no. Uh, so let me, to your point, let me let me step back by saying what sex therapy is not. Okay. I am I am not in the bear room with any of my clients saying,
1: put this here, touch this here, this <laughs> here not doing it. I'm glad that you cleared that up right from the beginning, because I think that's what the majority of people think a sex therapist does. So you're not going to get in the bedroom with them. You don't have any voyeuristic tendencies. You don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, have like live action pornography in front of you and get mm-hmm. paid to teach them how to do it right.
0: Please no live cam shots, No, <laughs> live, none of that. Uh, please don't ask instructions. What do I do next? Now, there are actual, um, intimate coaches, uh, sex coaches, intimate, um, partners, uh, specialists who do that. There are sex, sex workers who, who actually do that type of hands-on type of approach. That's not sex therapists.
1: So I heard you say sex workers, which when I think sex workers, I'm thinking like prostitutes, are those not sex workers? We're we're Uh, talking, explain what you mean when you say sex worker.
0: So, so they're the more, um, unregulated sex workers. Yes prostitutes and brothels and things of that nature uh, there are some more regulated sex sex um, workers um, and they 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 classify themselves as different things again intimate partners intimate relationship coaches uh, it depends on who you who you who you are working with but they are actually they can get certification they can get training so mm. that they are actually in the bedroom with you you can actually engage in, in activities with these folks um, there are some therapeutic nature to it. Now I looked like sideways when I first heard about it, but then I remember watching a, a case where a para, paraplegic who has no uh who has no social skills, who who really hasn't had that chance to date someone and be intimate with someone, i.e. your certified sex sex um sex partner. Not your not your you know hooker or your prostitute, but someone who was certified to actually be that um can do it be that person to teach them this is how you you know this is how you embrace a woman this is how you do that because um sometimes folks who are um who are challenged mobily uh, don't have that space to do that and then there's this stigma with, with purchasing an actual prostitute right so you can't really uh go and hire somebody because you want to see what it feels like or you want to get your nut off, excuse the French. Um, but somebody just people. said
1: don't hold back. So you don't <laughs> have to ex- excuse your French. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, but there are actually people who are qualified to sit in that intimate space with you and show you and and have you experience that orgasm. Um, that you may not, again, if you are, if you are challenged, if you are neurologically challenged, you don't have that space to experience sex like that legally, unless you go to Amsterdam. That's a whole different conversation. Um, but you don't you don't have that space. So there are people who work Exactly, you have people who work in that. But so yes, that's not what I do. I talk to both individuals. I talk to couples. There is some level of relationship communication stuff, but I go a little bit deeper and talk about, for instance, uh, if someone has issues with erectile dysfunction, uh, premature ejaculation issues, orgasming. Once we m- rule out the medical i proponent of it. We talk about, OK, what type of attachment issues do you have? Uh, what type of uh, sensory um, possibilities could be getting in the way? You know, are you able to really be present with your body and experience what pleasure looks like without all these stigmas of, you know, the preacher said this media said this. My boy said this. My partner says this. That's the therapeutic side. So when you talk about it's a nice little combination of like, all right, functionality of sex in the bedroom. But then those mental blocks that prevent you from stepping in that space and actually experiencing pleasure, whether you're giving it or you're receiving it.
1: So when you talk about those mental blocks, why don't you tell us what are some of the common blocks that keep people from, I guess, being sexual or having a, a, what's the word I'm looking for, Cheryl? Having a healthy sex life.
0: Yeah, let's go with that. So, um, and I I wish I could say I I take ownership in this. There is an awesome author, Emily um, Nagoski, I believe is her name. She wrote a great book. And she brought out the three M's, media, morality, and medicine. When you talk about blockage, you know, media (laughs) speaks for itself. Social media, people who are being airbrushed, uh, porn tells you this is how you should this is how you should engage in sex. Mm-hmm. This is what you should expect. This is how you should go all night. And no, no. Media. And do
1: all that talk and make all that noise. And-
0: between the talking, between <laughs> just ram it in there and she'll like it, between the combust, you know, combustion like banging through the door, I am man, give me head. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But mm-hmm. porn, again, media gives you this, this horrible, um, horrible indication of how sex should be enjoyed. And then there's the morality. That's the big one, because that okay. entails religion. That entails, oh, my mama said, I don't shouldn't let no boys look at my hoo-ha, because if they look at my hoo-ha, I'm going to get pregnant. Dealing with that stigma about morality. Mm-hmm. And then there's the medicine part of it. Okay. <sighs> I love my doctors. I love those with the initials after my name. But sometimes if you are in a uh, examination room and your own doctor doesn't want to ex- doesn't want to discuss sexual health, mm-hmm. then that adds at the level of like, oh, if my doctor don't want to talk about why I can't ejaculate, then something really must be wrong with me. And it's this secular loop that plays in your head. If my doctor doesn't wanna talk about it, I must be. I must be you know, defiled. I, I must be
1: mm.
0: a deficit. I, something must be wrong with me. And all that tends to build up in someone's head so they really can't step in that in that space of um of sexual pleasure. Um, and sadly, Dr. Dickerson is that a lot of folks, particularly us with vulvas, don't know what pleasure feels like. So when you mm. talk about masturbation, when you're talking about knowing your own pleasure zones, those three big ones really prevent us from telling our partners what we like because
1: we don't even know what we like. Mm, Okay. Okay. So what you're saying is when you say those of us with vulvas, for those who didn't learn that in sex therapy, um, (laughs) Cheryl's talking about women, I believe. And what you're saying is that a lot of women don't know their own body. They don't know what they like. And so they cannot communicate to their partners what it is they like hmm. And exactly. and that's making sex bad.
0: It's making sex horrible, because then when you have the the person with the vulva not knowing what they like and the person with the penis saying, well, you know, starlight cinnamon on, you know, double tricks, L double XL said you like this. You like to be banged up like this, then that must be what you like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. However, if she never had that space to explore what she likes, he's going to go off what he learned in the media. And that's where you have a very unhealthy sex life
1: okay okay so what is it then that you think a lot of men do that they're learning from media uh, men or women i want to say men uh, men or women are learning from media that's keeping them from um giving their partner pleasure Ooh, how much time do we have uh you know we can keep we can, <laughs> we can keep going until julius tells us we have to stop <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, uh, you know, and I also have to be cautious because I do think that there is a place for pornography, uh, sexual imagery, as we call it. OK. Um, I, I do think so there you is wouldn't
1: so- say you wouldn't say no porn because there are a lot of, of people who say that porn will ruin your relationship. And what you're telling me is there is a place for it. There
0: is a place for it. There is more erotic. Um, there There is more um, gender, gender uh, neutral. You know, sexual imagery. There's more. There's some that's catered towards women and eroticism, and less towards the transactional part of sex. That that can be tantalizing. Um, that can be sensuous and 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 arousing. Um, so I'm not going to throw all the porn out. But but when I say porn, people generally go to the hardcore, triple X. You know, pizza guy at the door, bring the mm-hmm. doorbell, he comes in and starts banging away. That's what people think about when they think about porn. Um, so. To answer your question, what gets in the way? What gets in the way is this idea that, number one, that he is going to always be rock hard ready.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that plays in the mind. If he isn't as erect as porn says, he should be. Something's wrong with me.
1: Or something's uh, wrong with him.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, and Not only am I not as rock hard as, you know, double D done in the movie. But where do you get um, these names from? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I have a very vivid imagination. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're not as rock hard as double D done, and then if you don't last as long as he's lasting, he's going 20, 30 minutes in and something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that, generally, and I have to back this off from from those with penises who present with problems like, oh, I came too fast, premature ejaculation. Well, how how long did it take you? Oh, it took me like a minute or three minutes. That's the norm. I was
1: just about to ask you that. So what is the average time that a man um, can, or I'm sorry, a man or a woman, anyone who has a penis, what's the average time that a person with a penis can (laughs) hold off before ejaculating?
0: Generally, it doesn't become clinical uh, um, unless it's, if it's um, anywhere from zero to 30 seconds. Yeah, we got to slow
1: Got to Like on American <laughs> Pie. Like on American Pie.
0: Now, now also, you know, to avoid even um, making that an issue, you know, sometimes you're excited. Sometimes like if he hadn't had none in 10 years and he just, smits, he, he just sniffs it and he comes, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Okay. Um, But if it's a pattern of like, all right, back to back to back to premature ejaculation um, instances, then okay, let's take a look at that. So anyway, so to answer your question, anywhere from like one to three minutes is typically the, the time it takes for, you know, from once the penis penetrates to ejaculation.
1: Okay. That's um. Good to know. So I
0: have to a lot of times educate those with penises. Like, hold on, slow down, slow down, partner. You, it's not, it's, not, it's not what double, double D Dunn says. It's, you know, <laughs> you know. I don't know so if you double realize
1: Dunn is going on for a whole thirty minute video.
0: Thank you, but double D Dunn had number one. He had fluffers, so okay. he can get that first what, what's that a first. Fluffer? I
1: don't know what that. I don't know
0: what that is. Um, to make sure he gets that first nut off before okay, he okay. before he gets filmed. Oh, uh,
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yes. Um, Number one, he has that. Number two, Dunn has been in the industry for years. So he pretty much knows um, he has mind control over his penis. So Mm. he can pretty much, you know, on the spot, just shoot off and he's good. Can a Um, sex
1: therapist not help someone get mind control over their penis?
0: Yes and no. Um, I want to say mind control. I would say, you know, mindfulness.
1: Mindfulness. mindfulness. Yes. Okay. And it's
0: just about being present. It's just about, you know, I always talk about touch and you know, being um, very present with your five senses. What is it that you're smelling? What is it that you're feeling? Look, look Again, all the five, and and it's not really about controlling your penis. It's about being able to enjoy the pleasure and not trying to jump the goal of just ejaculation.
1: Okay. So once we can
0: change that narrative of like, yeah, I'm not just trying to get one off. I'm trying to like sit in this place and see what feels good to me, what feels good to them, uh, what sounds I hear, like what am I smelling, like oh, what am I hearing? Um, once we get to that place, you're, it is sort of a mind control, but it's not really over your penis. It's allowing your penis to enjoy what's going on and enjoy the energy flow that's happening between you and that partner. Okay. Okay. So it it is a level of mind control, but you're not telling your penis what to do. You're telling your penis come calm, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I was saying something else calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and just be present to where you're going. Be present to who's kissing it. be present to what you're going inside of. be present to who's stroking it. Just be present to what penis be present. And a lot of that is just again that whole sense of mindfulness.
1: okay. So, so uh, back to the, the previous question that was like, yes, I was going to go back like to C. All right. So go, you're on track. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> so, so yes, you were saying whether, how other ways can, um can porn affect how people interact or to prevent them? So there's the whole, you know, I, I forgot if I said double D or triple D done with whoever done it. I think,
1: I think it was double D. I think it was double okay.
0: D done. Double D done. Okay. So now we got past <laughs> the stiffness of double D done's penis. We got past the endurance of double D done's penis. Then, you know, let's get to the whole expertise of Double D. Dunn. Like Double D. Dunn knows how to, you know, flip legs up, throw legs overhead, switch positions almost seamlessly without changing camera camera shots. And like apparently Dun, he's
1: dealing with some very flexible people as well because, you know, he's, he, and, he's got people there to work with him to make him look good as well. Thank you. That's another
0: part of it. <laughs> Whoever Double D. Dunn is working with, they are also a professional in this. So they pretty much know what. They pretty much, they've been around the block a few times. I I gate, you know, I'm going to figure to know what they're doing as well. Um, not to mention, you know, this whole idea of spontaneous arousal. Like, as soon as Double D Done comes on the scene, like, oh, I'm supposed to be hot and horny and wet and just be ready for him. And no, no. Okay. That's one of my. I have so many soap box, soap soapboxes. That's one of my biggest.
1: <laughs> Pick one. All right. So so one of your biggest soapboxes is is that one are um that the person is supposed to be hot and wet and ready when whoever her person is comes in.
0: That may be nice, and this is a general, you know, stroke pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, this general <laughs> stroke for folks in their twenties, right? And you're in your twenties, yeah. You're you're ready. You're hot and heavy. But I'm in my 30s, I got bills to pay. I'm in my 40s, I may have kids, bills to pay, a job that I don't like, trap to get through. Uh, all those stressors, hugely, hugely, adversely affects your desire. So mm-hmm. no, when you kick in the door with a pizza in your hand, I'm not gonna just wanna give it to you and be hot and ready. Like, I gotta worry about this boss I just got off the phone with who's don't giving me it. crap about
1: it. Somebody bringing you food isn't enough.
0: you tell me dr dickerson
1: (laughs) a five dollar hot and ready pizza that's not (laughs) enough to turn someone on that
0: ain't enough they ain't enough so when you talk about something i get in my soapbox about it's this idea of this desire that those with bobas or or whoever the receiver is like this desire they're like oh my god he's you know he doesn't love me anymore because i don't desire sex like i used to all right. So tell me about your day. Oh, I had to wake up this morning, get the kids ready for school. This one kid was giving me issues about this and I dropped the kids. So I realized had the two wrong shoes on. I'm like, all right, you stop right there. You tell me, is that
1: is that a good backdrop for wanting to have sex? And I know, I, no, like, you just want to be left alone after that. Like you don't even want to talk to anybody. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Like Said so you see why Harrison wasn't here tonight. Well, this is I, I didn't I didn't want Harrison to be uncomfortable. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, I'm happy. Thank you, Mike. Yes. So, did you know that blood pressure is actually one of those in, um, indicators of er- erectile dysfunction? So, when you talk about when you have issues with you know my my blood isn't flowing or my my penis can't get up like it used to. One of those things we have to rule out is like, all right, what's going on with your heart health? Because essentially, if you if your blood is flowing as it should, uh, it should flow to your penis in a healthy form. And if there is some mm-hmm. blockage somewhere, mm-hmm. if there's some blockage somewhere, if it's not flowing as it should, let's take a look at your heart and see what's going on. Because that may be a whole nother issue. You're you worrying about getting the heart on. You to worry about a heart attack.
1: plus mm, okay worry about the wrong stuff thank you <laughs> but
0: because they saw Double D done kicking the door with a pizza they think that they should react or they should have the same type of benefits as wd done they all know wd does um heart health they don't know wd done's hormone level they don't and he's not sharing it on the video probably
1: no, doing he's very little
0: talking he's sharing his penis though yeah
1: yeah doing plenty of he's sharing something it's not words
0: <laughs> it's <not word. laughs> if, if it's birds it's like, Ugh. it's like,
1: Ugh. and that's not words. That's not words either. All right. So my next question is what if someone has a partner who just has absolutely no idea what they're doing? Like mm. I, I say, so, so my question is basically that I get the idea that some people, uh, sometimes men in particular, as you say, people with penises have been fooled into thinking that they're really good and bad. Like, you know, other people who have been faking orgasms for years or, you know, really making them think they're doing the thing. And then years later, they move on from that relationship and find out that that they are a disappointment. Mm -hmm. Is that something that they go to a sex therapist for? All right. And and so then what is it that the sex therapist does to fix that
0: kind of issue? Here's where sometimes I have to, have to walk very carefully because uh, I I don't want to be somebody's uh, ego bruiser, but it,
1: you well, know here we won't even
0: we want you to bruise some egos. Is is one of those things where Tell without it. without going there. So and I'm happy to bring it up because sometimes past relationships does the most harm than current relationships. Um, because you have that partner in the past who doesn't tell you no, that's too hard. No, you don't know what you're doing. No, don't touch me there. No, it's not about that. And they sit there and they and they take it literally, and
1: okay. then he
0: moves on to the next person and he like thinks I'm he's. My color
1: purple. Let him do his business. Thank and you. Then and, he... and move on.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he done moved on to the wrong one this time because the wrong one's like, uh-uh, get you. Mm-mm, you ain't doing something. Something's wrong with like, you.
1: Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the so the with, truth will set them free.
0: <laughs> so so without saying that, what I do is I ask about the relationship history. I do ask about their sexual history and how, how did you know that pleasure was reciprocated? How do you know that she was pleased, you was you were pleased, like what kind of indicators? How do you know? Um, and still there's a little ego in the in the in the picture. So there are there are homework um assignments that I like to give to my folks. Who think okay. that they are the bees knees to pe- to um, to vaginas? Like, all right, here's a, here's a simple assignment. Take it home. Try this out on your partner and see what their feedback may be.
1: All right, so give us a homework assignment. Do you mind giving that a little little free homework? To anything,
0: anything for you. My <laughs> my my favorite my favorite homework assignment that I and, and this tells and I'm well I'm this tells the tale most times. Is a simple sensate focus exercise. And it's basically um, you it on me, me it on you. Uh, there is no sex involved. Don't expect sex. Let's just rub on each other and see how our levels of touch feel. See if you're touching me too hard. See if you're touching me too soft. Let's leave some room for, for direction to say, oh, touch me here. Oh, touch me there. Um, a few things happen in those scenarios um if there is touch and no feedback see i knew what i was doing i'm like mm, let's let's explore that a little bit like where did mm-hmm. you touch uh what what you know did, did you check in um like what what, you know what what type of what was said what was done walk me through the exercise again
1: Or did um, she there, lay there and just take the touch the same way she's been laying there taking the
0: exactly, all
1: that time
0: <laughs> exactly because if Unless there's something, unless there's a sensory issue going on, Mm -hmm. you know, unless somebody's on the spectrum, unless there's, you know, neurological um, damages, unless there's something going on with nerves, with nerve endings. Um, Most, not all, but most folks, if the if the mood is right, if you're nice and clean, clean sheets, you smell good, like there's an aspect of the exercise that requires both partners to shower each other and make sure everybody's nice and clean so if you're nice and clean and there's no you know issues with that if you touch somebody in certain places you're going to get a reaction so if you tell me there is no reaction when you if you softly like massage her outer lips if you touch if you touch her clitoris just a little bit nothing happened no she didn't say anything all right somebody's lying. you
1: you were probably not touching the something's, right thing
0: something's going on mm-hmm. so so there's one there's one um result i like to peel back the layers like all right what's what's going on and then there's a result when this this happens more than most oh no she you know I, we tried and she just she didn't want to take her clothes off and she just clenched up and was mm-hmm. tense the whole time okay i'm like all right some there's some trauma maybe that happens mm-hmm. somewhere there um there she's just not comfortable with you Uh, something about your energy, something about her, there's something else there. But if it's to your point, if it's simply that he doesn't know what he's doing, there's a whole lot more room for that than the, you know, she's tense and she's not comfortable being naked around me or she's not comfortable with any any form of touch or we keep coming up with excuses not to get around to the exercise. All right, y'all avoiding something for a reason. What's going on? Are Are you not vulnerable? With her and other, it it just opens up a whole a whole playbook of other other questions. So that's that's one of my favorites, the sensate focus. You know, most most folks who are tapped in to being present, most folks who are again have a basic, you know, have had this baseline um, of like, all right, let's just go to square one and see what feels good to me, what feels good to you. If you if we can start from what just feels good to each other, as a receiver and as a giver then there's room there. If we have all these other pretenses, there's a whole lot of work we got to do around something. Mm. Does that answer your question?
1: It Uh, does, it does, thank you, thank you. And I don't think you bruised half as many egos as as you thought you would. I thought you were gonna go in. It's like, go for it, Cheryl, do it, bruise the egos. No, so,
0: (laughs) you know, there's a lot of education um, depending on the folks, because again, not everybody, People out so here's here's a little fun fact. Um mm-hmm. the penis head, right, tip of the penis, mm-hmm. roughly has around 2000 nerve endings. Okay. The uh the clitoris of the female has about 4,000 nerve endings.
1: Okay. So I'm so like twice let's just... as many.
0: Mm-hmm. At, On, at least. Half the space.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm like, let's just let's just
0: start there. what are you doing? Like, and how are you doing that? Oh, I I go down, I eat her out and all this other stuff. All right. But, um, how are you doing that? Like, what's your, what's your method? Oh, I just go in. Uh, do you check in with her to see something? Or maybe he
1: doesn't know what a clitoris is. So do you, do you have like a, a vaginal model? Um,
0: I do have a pillow. I have my favorite vulva <laughs> pillow. Yes. Okay. Yes. I do have a pillow i pull out and this is nice and pretty and puffy. And I'm like, all right, let me show you. This is the clitoris. This is the outer lips. This is the clitoral head. You can pull the head back and you may have the clitoris, right? Like I have I, yes, the education okay. is a huge part of those folks who don't know to your point, who don't know what they're doing in the bed. Like, all right, let's get back to, let's get back to um, vulvas one-on-one. Because that's not
1: what they teach in sex education. No, they do not teach about sexual pleasure. They teach about sexual safety, which I'm I'm assuming you go over that with um, some of your clients, Mm -hmm. but they don't teach about sexual pleasure, especially, and I think in sex education, they're just trying to scare children away from doing anything like that, which, you know, as a parent, I'm okay with that right now. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) eventually when people become adults, probably learning about the two thousand versus four thousand nerve endings is, you know, in a smaller space. It's probably very important,
0: hugely important. Again, no souls. Three M's. That's the merger of the uh, medicine. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if you have sex, you're going to get STIs. Um, with the morality of it, like, nope, uh, just don't bring no baby in this house. You're not supposed to have sex. Period. And that's and that plays into people's psyche. And 20, 30 years later, I can't. Uh, I'm, I have this anxiety about having sex because I'm going to get somebody pregnant or I'm going to get an STI or what have you. So peeling back again those layers and give them. OK, it's OK. It's OK to have an orgasm. That's that's fine.
1: OK, thank that's you. All right, <laughs> right. So in in our email communication, part of your bio said the genuine sexual nature of people varies and if denied can impede personal, emotional, spiritual and psychological growth is not your place to fix anything or dictate any idea of normalcy. You also said that you, that your therapeutic approach is to honor and respect whatever sexual distress may be present without judgment. So, my next question is what qualifies as sexual distress? What do you mean when you say I mean like distress? That that sounds big. What's sexual distress?
0: It is it is big. Well, con- con- considering uh, who's in my chair at the moment? There, you know, there's the one. So most folks, and you, and you go, you get this Dr. Dixon, w- once. Most folks get to the point of establishing a session and saying, "Okay, I need help. I'm gonna seek a therapist." They're already distraught about something, um, and here's where I like to differentiate myself from again your sex therapist and then your sex coaches or your intimate partner um, folks, um, professionals. Is that um, they're a- aside from. Let me give you an example I am a male I have a penis my sexual distress on the surface is every time I uh, every time I lay in bed with my wife my penis starts hard then it goes brancid. starts here goes down start here immediately just it's like a response so my distress is that my penis can't stay hard that's in, and I can't and since it can't stay hard I can't insert it in her vagina that's you know that tell us often to I'm depressed behind it because I feel like I'm less than a man. That's the therapy part. I you know I'm anxious about it because every time I'm in bed with her, I get anxiety. What if it happens again? Like, I don't know how to stop this from happening. Another level of anxiety. You know, there's the frustration and fear, like, all right, uh, will my wife think that I don't love her? Will my wife think I'm not attracted to her? Uh, there's this fear that she may run off and find somebody else. So the therapy, therapeutic part is trying to meet those emotional, um, that emotional distress. Right. And then the the sexual distress is, you know, the biology of it, like, all right, why is your penis having an adverse reaction to your wife in bed? Let's, Hmm. let's, let's try to, let's try to come up with other ways you can be intimate with her while we try to figure out these three things, because until you can gain your confidence that your sexual skills is um, compatible with what your wife wants in bed, until you have that confidence level, then no matter what tools we have, no matter what exercises I give you, no matter what touches you offer. If you don't think if that anxiety piece, like what's going to happen this time, this is going to happen again, if that's still playing in your head, then good luck land with your wife, because you're never going to really feel like you can be in the relationship because your penis still denies you. So the, the distress takes on many forms, but that's, that's, again, that's why I like to like to point out that I'm the sex therapist part of it, not the sex coach, because the sex coach would get in the bed and, and engage in sex with you and say, Hey, this is how you, you know, or some sex coaches, I'm sorry, and I want to generalize. There are some who do that, who would actually get in bed with you and say, Hey, here's how you get your penis to relax and see, this, this is how you put it in and actually go through the motions with you. I fall very short of doing that. I'm not done. <laughs> They're <that>. very short. <laughs> I'm not going to do any of that. (laughs) We'll talk about it. I'm not going to do about it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So so that's a distress. Like there's the actual physical distress of my penis won't stay hard to go inside Mm -hmm. my wife. Then there's the other emotional distress part of it as well.
1: Thank you so much for explaining that. Another question I have is as a sex therapist, do you advocate for bringing toys into the bedroom or into the whatever room? that uh, the intimacy is happening.
0: It varies if, to, if the toys are a substitute for if, if they're a distraction, again, if there's this attachment piece if you if you if you're not allowing yourself to be um, vulnerable or exposed to your partner, so you're going to use a toy as a come as an in-between because you don't want to be that but that vulnerable with your partner, or
1: replacement, head. like you use the toy so much that you don't even want your partner. You don't even
0: want your partner, exactly. Like we got to take a, we got to take a time out on the, on the dildo. We got to take a time out on the anal balls or anal beads. Time out on the ring, time, whatever it is. Let's take a time out and see why you have so much comfort in your toy, and what's preventing you from having that same or a similar comfort with your partner. So there are times when I do ask folks to, do they always honor that? I can't say it again, because I'm not in the bedroom with them. But mm-hmm. I do ask them, like, hey, can we just take a timeout on on the toys? Because we got to figure some things out. Now, on the flip side of that, when it comes to, as I was referencing earlier, um, those with vulvas, when they have issues not knowing or identifying what pleasure feels like, I like to recommend, you know, something that buzzes every now and then. Okay. Something that, you know, that, that's motorized uh, with batteries. Um, just... So they can understand, it's, there are some who, you know, who will flat out tell me in their 40s or 50s or what have you, I don't know what an orgasm feels like. I've just never touched. I, I just don't know what that feels like. Not to say that all vibrators is, are gonna deliver an orgasm, but let's play with some sensations and see. and see what's going on. Again, that whole idea that your clitoris has over 4,000 nerve endings. Um, and again, I'm not a big researcher, but I read a lot. Um, apparently it is the only non functioning part on a female body that's that's purely there for pleasure like it doesn't serve a purpose it doesn't help in childbirth it doesn't help with cycles it doesn't help with i don't know what you could waxed like it doesn't help protect like i don't it just it, it's just there for just pleasure
1: this is absolute only purpose
0: for pleasure so it can lubricate the the the, yep, the um, vaginal canal yep All right. Thank you. So use that. Please use that email. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So I want to give you the chance to kind of give us some last words. If you had one thing that you would want our viewers to know um, about sex therapy or about you or about their bodies, about anything, what would you want it to be? That's a loaded question, Dr. <laughs> well, you have take as much time as you need to. Okay. What do you want us to know? Okay.
0: So, okay. One thing that's, is that I want folks to know when it comes to sex therapy, um, a lot of, uh, there are some therapists who are one and done, who are solution oriented. Like this is how you orgasm. This is how you get a hard penis. This is how you do that. I don't operate in that space. I, there are some therapists out there who may be able to do that, but I see the person as a, as a, as a holistic being. So I'm not just going to talk about erections. I'm going to talk about self-care. I'm going to talk about your family dynamics. I'm going to talk about how you deal with stress. We're going to talk about your social network because to me, all that plays into it. Um, so that's if if you're even thinking about coming my way, don't even say, hey, can I get this done in two sessions? I'm going to tell you no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't do it. Um, and that's I want to say that's most sex therapists um, because we do believe in the totality of the person.
1: Okay.
0: But I, I can't speak for everybody. That's just the ones I've been exposed to. Um, when it comes to sex in itself, I, you know, I, I tell folks all the time, you are the expert, you know, um, bring up those three M's again, you know, what feels good. You know, you know, what you like, um, and people have a tough time refuting what preacher man said, or refuting what double D Dunn did on the TV. Like, you know, what feels good to you. Don't, 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 don't listen to the advice of others about your body. You know, what feels good for you. You know what you want to experience. Leave it at that. You are the expert of pleasure when it comes to your body. Don't let anyone take that consent away from you. Let anyone tell you how you should feel. Don't let someone, as much as we love our partners, don't let your partner say, oh, your desire is low. You don't want me anymore.
1: Mm.
0: Tap into your own body. If you know you're stressed, if you know you're burnt out, if you know you just feel exhausted, you're not even thinking about sex, that's the problem. Tap into that. Don't let someone say, you don't want me anymore. You don't find me desirable. You don't want to have sex. That may be true, but I know me. I'm just freaking tired. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And let that be it. Be the expert of your own bodies, please. Be the expert of your own bodies. Thank you. I love
1: that. All right. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if they'd like to get in contact with you after the show?
0: I am so bad at marketing. And I was a marketing major.
1: I was, so <laughs> I was like, did you get a marketing degree from Hampton?"
0: I so did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so currently I can, um, I guess the best way would be uh, because my e- my email, uh, my website can direct you to wherever you need to go. All right. Um, it's um, Com. So I'm sure I got that right. Um, www.realsextherapytalk.com. Thank you. And no worries, whether it's, whether it's hotel sex, whether it's counseling sessions, uh, whether it's, you know, just to see consultation, if it makes sense for us to get together, everything can be contacted to my website.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you again for coming. This was a very fun show, a very informative show. For those of you who are listening, we hope that you tune in next Thursday. We'll be here every Thursday live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also watch our replays on YouTube or Facebook or listen on um, Apple Podcasts or other podcasts. Let's see, Apple Podcasts spotify and other places where you can hear podcasts you can find us on www2 therapist spelled out t-w-o therapists with an S. dot com. or connect with us on social media instagram and twitter is the number two tm show or just search for two therapists in a mic on facebook thanks for coming thanks for having me